to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We're here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We're glad you joined us today as we bring stories of hope and inspiration to our listeners. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Missoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Sarah Missoni, I feel like I haven't seen or talked to you in so long. We had a couple of scheduling conflicts so yeah guests that canceled and things like that so I feel like we have a lot to catch up on what have you I know life happened without us well I actually have been spending a lot of time working on projects around the house I sewed some things for our new camper trailer which is kind of fun and I have been planning the ice cream conference for this fall in November here in Portland If people are interested in that, how do they find out about it? Uh, It'll be posted on the Oregon State University's Food Science and Technology Extension website. And so is the conference for people who already make ice cream or are interested in making ice cream? It's for anybody who wants to learn about ice cream. Uh, We'll have people coming to the conference from all over uh, California, Washington, and Oregon. generally there are people who work in the industry. So that might be someone who manages recipes for a big dairy, or it could be an artisan crafter who is making ice cream in their shop, or it could be somebody who wants to just start up and learn about it. That's so cool. I, um, I love that you do that and that it's happening again. You know, I was just at my, um, farmer's market conference that I go to I know in San Diego I was in San Diego it was so nice it was um you know last year we did the conference um through it wasn't zoom but it was a conference platform like that and so that was a little bit weird yeah yeah um to present in front of a bunch of people but you don't actually see them it was actually way easier (laughs) (laughs) than getting up in front of the room full of people but you know i love the farmer's market conference it's one of my favorite things connecting to people that have similar interests i'm sure your ice cream contrast conference is the same way it's just nice to be around like-minded people and talk about you know, food and the things we love. So I had a great time down there. And um, I wanted to encourage people, if you're interested in farmer's markets, if you manage one, if you have a booth at one, um, if just you like to go to them, uh, the, they have a podcast uh, called farmer's market pros. It's called intense. Um, Or no, now they, they call it tent talk. It's called tent talk. (laughs) Um, you can listen to it. And, and my, one of my presentations I did will be, um, on that platform in like a couple weeks. So if people want to hear what I had to talk about, I was talking about self-care for small business owners and for market managers. So if you're interested, go find it. 
<laughs> so as self-care thing, do you recommend like getting a massage every week, uh, <laughs> taking, putting yourself oh. in time out? What is I it? don't talk about that at all. I actually do. I do mention that that's what people always think I'm going to talk about is getting yeah. a massage and that can be part of your self-care plan. But, you know, I used to do, um, sort of this, this goes a little bit deeper than, than doing stuff like massages. It's more about, um, you know, checking in with how you're feeling, what you're doing, and then making plans for success that align with like your values and what brings you joy. So it's more along like the mental health piece than it is like the physical body piece, unless that's part of what you need to do, you know, you can work yeah. that into your plan. So for me, you know, I talked a little bit about how I got injured this year. And so I needed to make a self-care plan that, that was more of like on a physical level where I had to stop doing certain tasks. Um, so, so that is a time where you can incorporate that into it, but it's not always about that. But when you, you know, talk about it, it makes it sound so easy. <laughs> it's not easy that I mean that's the thing you, it's a constant work in progress you have to check in with yourself and you have to um, make a plan and stick to it just like anything when people are trying to eat healthy or exercise or things like that um you know so, it's, it's a daily challenge for you. so if you're checking in on yourself does that mean you get to have like a discussion in the third person or something sure if that works for you <laughs> <laughs> I tried that at home but I was like Sarah needs a break I said that to my husband he's like why are you talking to me in the third person? <laughs> sometimes, you know, whatever it takes. <laughs> sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to bust yourself around a little bit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, Sarah, I'm glad we're back in the studio. I'm glad me that too. we're connecting again. Um, I did want to mention that um, we have a scholarship out right now. The oh, um, that's the good. I'm glad you brought group. that up. Yeah, the culinary group that I'm part of, La Dames Escoffier, we are going to um, pay the fee to have somebody come along with the Food Innovation Center to the Fancy Food Show. So if people Ooh. are interested in applying for that scholarship, you just have another couple of weeks. We're accepting the applications through the end of the month. It's for female business owners. We will pay your fee to go to the booth. You, you're in charge of transportation and hotel, but we'll pay your booth fee. And then we're going to mentor um, the business owners with whatever you know help they need. We have lots of really talented PR women and rest recipe writers and, you know, all kinds of people. And we're going to help coach you to make your show amazing. So if people are interested in applying for that scholarship, you can reach out to Sarah or I, we can direct you to the right place to find hey, the application. Are you going to the fancy food show in June? You uh, I don't know. I mean, I would, if I'm going, um, I wouldn't have a booth there. So maybe I'd tag along like I tag along again or maybe okay yeah so maybe I might be but if not I'll help get the person ready no matter what <laughs> okay sounds good yeah all right everybody well we're not just here with Sarah and I chatting we have a special guest today we are joined in the studio by Ashley Chase Ashley is the owner of bird seed granola making super seed granola clusters for humans with love welcome Ashley Hello. We're glad you could be here today. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Super happy to be here. I've listened to your show a bit and you guys are awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. That's always great. <laughs> yeah, it's always good when a guest says they have listened before. Yes. Well, I like to hear 
other founders going through the thick of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's nice. It's like our little support group sometimes. <laughs> it is for sure. Uh, we want to make sure our listeners can find you and follow along on your journey. So what's the best way for them to find you on Instagram and on the web, stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. So I just went through a little bit of a name change. It's now Birdseed for Humans rather than Birdseed Food Co. So Instagram is at Birdseed for Humans. And that's just all spelled out. Um, and then my website is birdseedforhumans.com. But if you put in Birdseed Food Co., it'll still direct you to my website. And yeah, I mean, I do have Facebook, but I think Instagram is my, my main, I don't know, social platform. Perfect. Well, why, why, we usually start at the beginning of your journey, but I think since you mentioned a name change, let's start there. Why did you change the name of your business and how's that going for you? Okay. Um, (laughs) so, oh man, it's been a long journey. This, I just celebrated my fifth year and, um, that was going through 2020 and then also becoming a mom (laughs) and being a solo parent at that, which is, pretty difficult. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I was hanging by a thread and I was exploring all of my options, trying to figure out how I'm going to keep my business alive. And through an email list that I'm a part of, I, I sent an email out just like stating clear, simple facts of like what I've done with my business, where I'm at. And I said that I'm uh, looking to either sell or find a strategic partner. And I was introduced to this woman, Tessa, um, and she was looking for a project. Um, she had been out of the workforce for 13 years because, uh, she was being a mom for a bit, but prior to that, she was in the food product world, um, kind of like corporate level. And her husband so happens to be the CEO of Dairy Gold, So they have some knowledge in the industry and connections. And so it was like a five month back and forth meeting in person, exchanging a lot of emails and they um, invested in my business and they are now majority owners. And there's actually five, they brought in some of their friends (laughs) that are also strategic partners. So with that, um, we were going through a packaging refresh. And I kind of told them like, there is, I mean, my product is granola, but there's a little confusion there. Like, is it for, is it for birds or is it for humans? And, you know, um, so we just decided to make it super clear (laughs) and name it birdseed for humans rather than birdseed food co. Um, and yeah, so we went through that transition, um, with the packaging and we kept the logo, like people wouldn't really notice that it's different because it looks pretty much the same. So yeah, that's why we switched up the name. Well, did, did, were people confused uh, by your product before you did that? So my theory, or I don't know, my justification for it is that people would ask a question. And when somebody asks a question, then you get to answer it and tell them more. So yes, people would ask like, Oh, birdseed food co what is that? You know? And, or they would say, Oh, this is expensive bird food. And I'm like, no, 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 it's for human. It's for humans. It's granola. So yes, it was a little bit of a confusion. And I mean, I would go back and forth on it because I would get that question a lot, but like, 
I don't know. If somebody's making a remark on your product or your product's name, then that means it's remarkable. So <laughs> to have a remarkable name is a, a good thing. So that's why I stuck with it. For that that's one. cool. <laughs> yeah. And so let's start now. Let's start at the beginning of when you um, started your company. So you said that you have been in business for five years. So congratulations, because that is a milestone. So good job. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy that it's been that long already. Like, oh my gosh, I've been through a lot with this thing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's a bit of a backstory to why I started selling my granola, and that is. Um, back in 2013, I found out, I thought I was like a healthy, active person. I just like, I had gone backpacking on the PCT. I was a Zumba instructor. I totally thought I was healthy and living life to the fullest. And, um, I found out that I was actually really sick after doing a full lab, uh, blood panel. Uh, my doctor was like, you, can't raise your heart rate because you're at risk of a heart attack. You have half the amount of blood in your body that a normal person should have. And I didn't believe him. I was like, what? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm healthy. Do let's do another test. Like, I don't believe this. This is crazy. And so we did. And sure enough, my hemoglobin is what it's called was at 5.8 and it's supposed to be from 12 to 14. And, um, Yeah. So that was pretty crazy. I had to have blood transfusions. Um, they didn't know what was wrong with me, but I had maybe had blood cancer or they like, they were trying to figure it out, but also kind of just like putting a bandaid on it rather than figuring out the source of the problem. And finally, after going to a a naturopathic doctor, she was like, what the heck, why have you not been referred to a hematologist? And so it turned out that it was actually just one ingredient in my diet and it was gluten that was messing me up for real good. And I have celiacs, so that's like an extreme allergy to gluten, but it translates differently for all people. So it's like autoimmune stuff is just super whack. Like (laughs) you never know how it's going to play out for you. For some reason, I was like, my blood flow was, or my blood wasn't being replenished. So anyway, after eliminating gluten from my diet, I was like, holy crap, I feel like so much better. I found, or I was living at half of my potential, my capacity, because I was working, my body was working twice as hard all the time to keep me alive. So like brain function, physical function, I was like at full capacity or at 100% instead of 50. And, uh, I was like, holy crap, I feel like I can fly. And I went on a run and I was like, Oh my gosh, I ran 10 miles. (laughs) And I ended up doing a marathon. And anyway, this whole me discovering that I was sick and then finding true health. I was like, Holy, Holy crap. Like how many other people are going through this? Like they don't even know that they're sick and they're living their life at half of their potential. So I was like, should I go to school to be a naturopathic doctor? I don't know. I was also just like full brain function. So I was reading more and just more aware of what I was doing with my life and being strategic and uh, having a plan for my future. And um, I was reading books. And one of the books that I was reading was talking about having a product be the microphone to share a story. So I have this heavy story behind my products, which I'm still trying to figure out um, how to tell. I mean, this is a great way to tell my story. And 
whatnot, but it's hard to fit all that on a packaging, <laughs> a small piece of <laughs> packaging. But um, yeah, so uh, fast forward, I was working at a coffee shop. I was managing a coffee shop and uh, one of my coworkers that he would call my mason jar full of granola that I would make for myself. He would call it Ashley's bird seed. And the owners were like, we should put your bird seed granola on the menu. And so uh, we put it on the menu and then I was like, oh, maybe I should put it in like cute packaging because we called it birdseed granola. And so I put a little packaging thing together all via Google, <laughs> like food product packaging. I just ordered a bunch of samples. I made a stamp with the name birdseed on it. And um, it started with that. And then I had a food blogger friend that was like, oh, you should do this blogger breakfast that I'm doing, have your granola at it. And so I was like, oh shoot, I need, I need a website. And so I figured out how to make a website <laughs> all on my own. And, uh, I launched it the day before that breakfast. And then that breakfast, I did $800 in sales, like in four hours because of these food bloggers. <laughs> Good job. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Um, <laughs> So yeah, and then I was like, okay, I need to focus on Instagram and like making it a cool brand. And I had friends that worked at Hydroflask that were like, oh, have you heard of Expo West? It's this big food product expo in Anaheim, California, and it's like 30,000 people. And so or more. That, or more, yeah, it's craziness. So I went to that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. And um, kind of saw the potential in the industry. And uh, all through that time, I was listening to podcasts about food startups and like the ones like How I Built This and Masters of Scale and Tim Ferriss. And yeah, so I kind of had the idea that I wanted to like build a brand to ultimately sell. So I really focused on my brand and getting my product into fancy grocery stores when I was down in L.A., I went to this grocery store called Erewhon and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have my product here. And it took a year, but I did it. <laughs> we have and a lot of Oregon products in Erewhon. Yeah. It's a fancy, I mean, they have a lot of products. Like it's overwhelming. It was like a whole aisle of granola. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there for two years, but they dropped me in 2020. Oh. So yeah, that's the, I don't know. That's the story of how I, kind of got things going. Yeah. Well, I just, I just want to ask about, um, cause I'm, I'm absolutely certain that we have listeners who are in some form of either being diagnosed as celiac or thinking they could be, or, um, or maybe, you know, just wondering about it. And, and we've had a few guests, we've talked about what it is, but, yeah. um, what, when you explain that process, it's just like, you know, a quick sentence, but do you have any advice for people that are maybe, um, along that journey? Like, I mean, I know eating your granola can help people, but <laughs> what other advice do you have for them? Uh, I'd say, I mean, if you, first of all, like I had no idea I was sick. So that's the thing that's kind of scary is like when you are constantly lethargic, and you've never felt what it feels like to not be lethargic, then you don't really realize that you were lethargic. <laughs> so that's what was scary for me is like, I had no idea that I didn't feel good. So I think starting out with like just doing a blood panel, like seeing what's going on 
on the inside, you know, like what's really going on behind the scenes with my body (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you never know. And then also like going to a naturopathic doctor or because there's a, I mean, I, through this whole process, I realized that doctors don't really care about you or your health. Like you have to take it into your own hands and like kind of tell them what you want. Like, Hey, I want a blood panel done. And I want to know like exactly how things are going on, you know, with me. So taking it, taking it into your own hands and kind of using doctors as a way to find out, but don't, don't just think, I mean, there are good doctors out there for sure, but a lot of them just want to like cover up the problem rather than solve it. So that's why I really like to go to naturopathic doctors because they want to get to the store, the source of things more so, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think people have to really be assertive with their own care too. Yes, and, we do. Yeah, say what you need and what you want and yeah. what you're looking for. Yeah. So, absolutely. did you do an elimination diet, Ashley? Where no, you eliminated it proteins? All, it was a blood test. So, to find out if you are a celiac, you do a blood test. Okay. Um, and you can determine it that way. But that also, I mean, that's kind of nice because you can just know, like, oh, it's gluten that's messing me up. But along with that, there's always other things that your body doesn't react to uh, the way it should. And that's just, yeah, I mean, process of elimination or just like kind of being conscious of how you feel after you eat something, checking in with yourself, like, ooh, do I feel like that nourished me or do I feel like I want to take a nap? (laughs) You know, so being aware of the way food makes you feel, I think is, is huge. And it's hard too. It's like, you know, you you eat on the go and you don't really realize, oh, I don't, I feel groggy right now because I ate Taco Bell for lunch. You know, you don't, sometimes people don't necessarily connect the dots. And I think that's a huge, a huge thing. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about um, your granola flavors and how you make them. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. All right, welcome back. Ashley, can you tell us the three flavors that you currently have? Yes. So first of all, my granola is all sprouted buckwheat granola. So I was talking about before with feeling groggy or feeling good after you eat something. Um, I kind of discovered that oats, I, I don't know if they're whatever molecular structure is too similar to wheat or what, but oats don't make me feel great. Um, but in my process of shopping the bulk section, I discovered buckwheat and uh, found out that it's actually gluten-free, um, and it's a grain-like seed. So it is technically not a grain at all. It's a seed. Uh, but it's, I mean, there's controversy there. Like some people would say that, um, it's too close to a grain to be called grain-free. So they're all sprouted buckwheat granola, which gives it a super delicious crunch. And the flavors are coconut maple, lavender cacao, and turmeric ginger. That sounds yummy. I remember, Ashley, I don't, I don't know if you'll remember this, but I think I met you at maybe your very first show that you did. We did a show together and we were neighbors. Yep, yep I remember. And 
<laughs> and um, you had the turmeric ginger flavor and it was my favorite. And so I'm glad that you still do that one because I was looking for it and I didn't see it. Yes, uh, that was a running out of packaging situation. Oh, okay. Yes, you have the turmeric ginger still. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad. I got scared for a second that you stopped doing it. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's a good one. It's, it's coconut maple and turmeric ginger are always um, tied for the win. <laughs> or they fluctuate, but they're both, you know, right there. I have a question for you about, I don't, I guess I just don't really understand what I see when things say that they're sprouted or like not sprouted. Like I'll see like sprouted almonds. And I guess I don't really know what that means. What does it mean when something's sprouted? So there's, you have to uh, be careful with that one because some people will say that it's sprouted, but it's just soaked for a little bit, you know, okay. and then you could slap, there's no, there's no company that's like monitoring that. So, um, but true sprouted is soaked until it actually starts sprouting. Like it's going to create another plant or you're going to plant the seed and then dehydrating it. Um, so I don't do that. I buy already sprouted buckwheat from a company that does it. Um, they sell wholesale sprouted, uh, seeds and nuts. So it really is like when you're, I mean, I know that term from like, if I'm growing something in the garden and I'll like, you know, put seeds under like a cloth or something and they will right. start to sprout. But I, I guess I just didn't understand that that was the same thing as what this is because <laughs> then it's dehydrated. Right. Right. And then okay. we, we buy it uh, already sprouted. And that was a process to find buckwheat. If you don't sprout it, um, it's harder for your body to digest and it uh, doesn't taste as good. So it kind of needs to be sprouted, um, in order to make granola out of it. Mm. So I discovered that in four years of trying to sprout it myself and trying it without sprouting. And yeah, I ended up finding a, a company that sprouts them and sells, sells them wholesale like that. So Ashley, have you ever thought about doing a savory? option so like a savory snack with the sprouted buckwheat i feel like the savory option which isn't totally savory is my turmeric ginger i mean there's the ginger in there but i don't know yeah i could i, I feel like, like with some coconut amino acids and oh okay i like that idea. more like flavors that you might find on a beef jerky but put it on the might be kind of good on the buckwheat for snacking. Absolutely. Or make a bar out of it. Don't make a bar. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to make a bar. <laughs> no, don't make a don't, bar. Okay, I don't want to make a bar. Mm -hmm. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, why don't I want to make a bar? Oh, there's too many bars and it's really hard. What is making there? granola seems hard, but making bars is harder. Have you seen a sprouted buckwheat bar before? Well... No, but there's probably a reason. Um, the category is super inundated. I feel like the granola category, you know, maybe we have fewer people coming into the category right now. So it's actually not a bad place to be. But the bar category is just so overpopulated. Okay, good to know. Well, and it seems like it's mostly... Um you know, they have to be big operations, you know? Yeah. Because... Like you have to order a million bars yeah. or something to have somebody make them for you. Totally. And it's just not a good way to use your money. 
And Ashley, when I first met you, you were making your granola out of the subtle lodge kitchen. Where, where do you make it now? (laughs) You're right. I was packaging it in the boathouse. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I remember. Yeah. (laughs) It's been, yeah, definitely bootstrapped my way through this thing. Um, I was also bartending at Subtle Lake Lodge at the same time. Um, anyway, I use Wild Time Foods, and they're in Eugene. They're a co-packer. Great. Cool. Are you are you still in the Bend area, or did you move? I moved down to Southern Oregon in 2020 because I had a baby girl, and I wanted to be by my family, and also the world was ending in 2020. So, you know, it made sense for me to move to my family <laughs> in Medford. That's cool. Yeah. And what what's it like now to be a business owner and a mom? It's a lot. Um, I used to, I mean, she goes to daycare, a really sweet little daycare. So she's a happy girl. Um, and I get my work done. It's kind of nice because prior, you know, it was just like I worked all the time. And sometimes when you working are working all the time, like you kind of I don't know. It's good to have some structure. So now I have my eight to three Monday through Thursday that I get to work. So I saw that you were influenced by a book called the four hour work week. Yeah. Can you you tell us how that influenced you? I definitely work more than four hours a week, but that's the book that, um, was, he mentions about, um, having a product tell a story. And that was my idea to have a product rather than a storefront or become a doctor and see 20 patients a week or whatever. Um, you can reach a lot more people when you have a product. To share. More of a lifestyle impact, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So at the time you put your website together, at least the one that I looked at, or maybe it was an article that you were in, there were 75 locations that carried your cereal. Do you have more now than then? Nope. 2020 knocked me down pretty hard and I'm digging myself out of that hole currently. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I stayed alive. I maintained or yeah, that's a whole story in itself (laughs) getting through 2020. Um, but I lost about 60% of my accounts. So market of choice held on. Thank you. Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's one of our sponsors. We awesome. love market of choice. They, they seriously are so great to work with and they've been so supportive. I um, think that, um, your, your story that you're telling right now is not uncommon. And, and that's what common. I really want our listeners to hear is that for a lot of small manufacturers, um, the pandemic really changed who we sell to and how we sell it to them because a lot of the places we sold in either dropped us because they were only buying from big distributors because they could get things quickly because they had to fill their shelves so fast yes. or they closed and just yeah. closed down completely or um, you know, closed down temporarily. Uh, and then even more so, all of the buyers were replaced. So most of the buyers that I've had for years don't work there anymore. They're gone. And so then the stores don't reorder. And it's very tough to reconnect with new buyers if you're not like passed along to that new person. And so it's really challenging for all of us. But I think, um, you know, that made our our local stores like Market of Choice and New Seasons become what kept us 
going. Like I think my business probably wouldn't exist if I didn't have those stores that held on to us and promoted all of us and um, kind of made up for those last loss in stores. And I think it's not something that gets talked about a lot, but I think that, um, you know, for anyone that's listening out there, if you had a loss in your wholesale accounts, I think what I want you to hear is that that is what people are experiencing <laughs> and, and it's okay. <laughs> the buyers are elusive. Like Sarah said, they've all, they all move on or change. And I think one of the great things about market of choice is that we have um, John. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah, John, well, John has been there through thick and thin. <laughs> And that's what makes them consistent because they have really good leadership. Yeah. yeah. Um, on that subject, I've been working on the relationship with new seasons for about two and a half years. And I'm really hoping that they bring me on. So if anybody has, or any of you listeners request birdseed granola because it needs to be there. <laughs> I saw they're opening a shop in Milwaukee in 2023. Oh, wow. Oh, that is great. It I know. Milwaukee I'm needs so it. excited. Yeah. I was like, that's Ooh. like our, our neighborhood, Sarah. Yeah, I know. We mm-hmm. need it. Well, um, so Ashley, we know that you sell your granola at Market of Choice. Um, can you tell us other places that people can find it? And then also where they would find it in the store? Like, is it in the, is there a special granola section? Is it a cereal aisle? Where, where do they find yes. it? Sometimes in grocery stores, the granola is right next to the cereal, and then sometimes it's not. So it depends on the location, but it is with the other granola for sure. And I'm actually trying to do some bulk, get it in the bulk section because I love the bulk section. And then, yeah, so I'm working on the bulk section, but right now it's granola aisle and uh, market of choice in the Portland area. Right now it's just market of choice. Um, I'm working on new seasons, and then once I get new seasons, I'll uh, focus on more accounts in Portland. But other than that, um, it's down in LA at Jimbo's and Clark's Nutrition. Um, I have a, an account in San Francisco, the Epicurean Trader. And then besides that, Food for Less locations, um, three different Food for Less, Bend, um, Medford, or I guess just two, Bend and Medford, Food for Less, Newport Market in Bend, um, Ashland and Medford Food Co-op. And then online. You should go down to LA and go to all the food co-ops down there. It's a huge market. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Just um, fill up your car with your child and your food and just drive down there. Yeah. And go door to door and give out samples and take orders. Thank you know, you. I actually did that one time when Adeline was little, not on purpose, but I went down for a food show and I had shipped a pallet because everybody told me how great this food show was and that I was going to sell all this sauce. It was like one where you actually sell it, not not just for buyers, but it was for the general public too. So I shipped all this stuff down on a pallet and then um, no one came to the event. Oh, no. no one at all. And I had no way to ship oh, everything. Oh, Sarah, I didn't know that. <laughs> Oh yeah. It was when Adeline was a baby. So I had her strapped into a little carrier and I went around to, cause I was like, Dirk, uh, we have to sell this sauce. Like I can't, I can't possibly ship it back. There's no way for me to like arrange somebody to come pick it up and bring it back. Cause you have to like pre-arrange all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, so I 
drove around LA with my rental car without a line. And then I'd strap her to me and go in the store and be like, Hey, you want to come buy some sauce out of my car? (laughs) 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 The buyers. And I did it. I sold all of it, but I will say that having my daughter with me helped because some people would be like, what you're, you have the sauce with you and your child. And I was like, yes. And I need to sell it because I have no way to get it back home. And so I did, I sold all of it. I love that story. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. So how many of those people still buy your sauce today, Sarah, do you kind of have an idea like half or I I would say they did. I would say none of them now, not since the pandemic, but, but up until pandemic, all of them, I mean, they, I connected to those people, you know, and they knew that I had a family that I was supporting. And so those buyers were like, would continuously buy. I think you have to go back down there and do it now. Just I know this time have your child on a bike next to you. I know. I know. <laughs> Having I, a kid with you is a good tactic. <laughs> it really, it really is. I mean, it's it real helps. life. I mean, it, it's real life true. stuff. It's true. And it helps them understand that you have this family business and that you it's important to you to it's make for it work. Real. It's a real <laughs> thing. It's not fake. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Oh, that's a good story. I like that story a lot. <laughs> Well, it um, wasn't fun in the moment at all, but I it's think a it's a good thing to tell people, people about here that sometimes you just have to do what you have to do to like get home. <laughs> really? Oh man. Well, mm. I don't Actually, know. But but I think I forgot to say Amazon. It's also on Amazon. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. Do you have a, a flavor that you think tells your story best, Ashley? Flavor that tells my story best? Yeah. Um, Let's go with turmeric ginger. My favorite. Spicy. (laughs) Yeah. And then I did the lavender cacao. It's actually really, really good. And I uh, was inspired by Honey Mama's uh, lavender rose flavor. And uh, yeah, I made a lavender cacao granola and it's super good too. Okay. I haven't asked this question in a really long time, but I think you might be able to answer it. Do you have a celebrity that you would love to have be your spokesperson? Uh, Ashton Kutcher. Have you sent any to him? No. You <laughs> I should. Came, I don't know why his name came to mind. At Erewhon, I did give Victoria Beckham a, a bag of my granola. So what? that happened. <laughs> Somebody came up to me and they were like, Victoria Beckham is in aisle three. Go give her granola. I was like, okay. <laughs> I heard that Ashton oh. invests in startups. Dude, let's yeah, we let's just uh, go ahead and say that he'll be an investor rather than yeah. Like, Maybe in our storyline we can put there put Ashton Kutcher's name and so he'll get like tagged somehow. Maybe on yeah. Instagram. Heck yeah, Ashton, check me out. <laughs> we'll tag we'll tag him in it when we. Li- He's probably I bet more of a Twitter guy. We'll we'll tweet at him. Are okay, you yeah. I'm sure he eats granola for sure. Oh no, I would love to send Ashton some granola. <laughs> Uh, so we always like to ask Ashley, what do you need from your community right now? How can we help support you? Get me in new seasons, request my product <laughs> at new seasons. That's my major mission right now. Okay. So long Lori over at new seasons. She's been talking to me for a while. It's like, let's do it. It's time. So when was the last time you sent your granola to Lori? Oh, like a few weeks ago. And she okay. did email me back. She only emails me back like 20% of the time. Um, 
And she did. And she said that their category review is in May. So I'm just waiting for the good news. But I'm sure if they got a little, you know, I don't know, spark and customers requesting. I mean, maybe you should send it to her again. But this time, like, send a special bowl or a spoon or something. Okay. She likes to be swooned and flattered. I mean, it's worth trying. Who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and for our listeners out there, flowers, I should totally just send her a bouquet of flowers. There you go. Do whatever it takes. <laughs> Get her attention. It's woman's month after all. Come on, celebrate That's a woman buyer. Yeah. And Lori has does a lot for all of us in the community she too. Does. She She's um big she in the community. Put all of um, you know, the local women makers um on promo at the new season stores um without any charge to us so that like increased our sales a ton so thank you Lori for that (laughs) we love we love all those people that are really helping us out to keep our businesses going during this time it's really thoughtful yeah it's it's lovely uh and Ashley do you have any advice for people that are currently dreaming up a business uh, leap and the net will appear. <laughs> um, I'd say instead of overthinking everything and like planning everything super strategically, like just get going, like take action. Um, Do something. A people, yeah. A lot of people get caught up or they have an idea, but they become planning McPlanners. Yeah. And they don't just, <laughs> just start taking action with it. You plan don't have to- and plan and plan and right. never execute. Right. Or, I mean, you don't have to have everything figured out before getting started. You can figure it out as you go. Yeah. I did. Good advice. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, saying I think people don't really know what they need until they get there anyway. So right. it's kind of what a great way to go. How do you buy barcodes? I don't know, but I did it. I mean, now I have them. GS1. Yep. GS1.org. Yep. You got to use that one. Otherwise... <laughs> Don't forget to pay every, I mean, I had a conversation with a restaurateur in town and I was like, so you got that trademarked? And he's like, well, yeah, we trademarked it like 10 years ago. I'm like, okay. (laughs) He goes, but we got some weird letters saying that we were supposed to pay for it again. And my buddy told me that was, you know, not true. And I'm like, it is true. I was like, let's go check and see if you're still trademarked. He wasn't. Oh, no. <laughs> so when you get letters in the mail telling you to repay your whatever fee, make sure and do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, some of that stuff gets confusing though, because with all of us, they'll there's all these like scammers that do weird oh, yeah. things. So many. There's so many where they'll say so that you go need to, to yeah, go stuff. to the source. We'll go yeah. to the source and just check and just check it. Yeah. That's good yeah. advice for sure. Well, um, Ashley, we have to wrap things up. So one thing that we encourage people to do is to buy directly from makers. So what's the best way for people to buy directly from you? I'd say my website, Birdseed Food Co. or birdseedforhumans.com. Perfect. And are you doing any farmer's markets right now or anything that people can go and meet you at? Um, I will do the unique markets in Portland. I think it's uh shoot. When is it? The first weekend in May unique markets and hopefully Portland night market. Um, if not the one, uh, mid April, the one in September. Um, did you sign up for the, 
Good Food Mercantile on April 29th. Yes, I did. Okay, we'll see you there. Yeah. Is that, do you, wait, do you vote that one or the Unique Markets? Good Food Mercantile or Unique? I'm trying to decide which one. I don't even know what Unique Market is. I think they're totally different for different things. The the Unique Market, you're going to be selling directly to people and the, um, the, Good food mercantile, you're not selling anything, but you're connecting to buyers. So I it's think they're both pretty market. important. Yeah. Yeah. We vote if you for can, both. if you can swing it. I think I can. But yeah. I was wondering if I if that would be not good to do both. So no, it'd be oh, good yeah, to totally both. different audience. So okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I do the the bend farmers market and then I, I might be doing Medford as well. Cool. I mean, not me, but having my products. People do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll swing by for some of them with my daughter, but yeah. Well, Ashley, it was great to um, connect with you again and chat. It's been a while since I've seen you. So I'm glad you could come on the show and we could, yeah. we could do this today. Thanks for being a guest. Thank you yes. so much for having me. I really Thanks for it. joining us. We record Masonian Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on this show, send us a DM on our Instagram, Masonian Marshall, and we will be back next week. Thanks for joining, everybody. Bye. Bye for now. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisherfolk, and ranchers by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.